0: How to grow your business on LinkedIn? What strategy to use? These are questions on the minds of a lot of businesses, and in particular, B2B businesses who know their audience is on LinkedIn. To help answer these questions, I'm delighted to say on today's Marketing Hub that we have John Espirian, who is the relentlessly helpful LinkedIn nerd and the author of the book, Content DNA. He leads the Espresso Plus community on LinkedIn. Now, I have completed one of John's online courses and I've joined the Espresso Plus community, which I heartily recommend. So if you like up-to-date information, stats, and great content writing tips, John is the relentlessly helpful
1: LinkedIn nerd for you. Uh, Hi, John. What a great intro! Thank you very much, Paul. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Really exciting to get going.
0: Brilliant, John. Like John, it's it's great to have you on because you know uh, now I recognize you as as a serious expert on LinkedIn. I'm very interested in LinkedIn, and I know a lot of my li- uh, my listeners, or our listeners, are, are are interested as well. So i'll 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 get I'll jump straight in, right? And so I think. You know, overall for businesses, right, and for people approaching LinkedIn, they might be commenting a bit, they might be doing, you know, they might be on it a little bit, but they, they know they need to, to be better at their strategy. Could you outline what a complete LinkedIn strategy for businesses is, i.e. content, comment, commenting, connecting, joining groups, etc.?
1: Yeah. Okay. There's so much to say about this. I I would always start with your LinkedIn profile. That's your shop front. So that's the thing that you want to optimize so that people in a few seconds of looking at your profile, they should know which domain you operate in, what you really want to be known for. And I always say that it's best to try to be known for only one thing, because we can't keep a lot of things in our brain for each person that we come across. It's much better to remember them for just one thing. Are they a video expert? Are they a LinkedIn expert? So focus on what you want to be known for uh, and make that profile as human and approachable as possible as well, because actually all of the business from LinkedIn comes from conversations. Uh, so, so start with that. Um, and then I always recommend people to get out on LinkedIn and start commenting on relevant other posts in your industry. So Whatever you do, if you're an architect, a logo designer, whatever it is, go and find people talking about the things that you know about and then comment with substance on that content because what that will do is it will expose your thinking to people who are outside of your LinkedIn network and that will organically, naturally draw people towards you. So do that and once you're a little bit braver, you can start your own discussions by posting your own short-form and long-form content. So short-form are posts that make up the feed, which is what we're used to seeing. If you ever look at things like Twitter and Facebook, the the timeline of posts, they're all short, snappy things. And long-form content is things like articles and newsletters. That's where you can really show the depth of your knowledge about your industry. And that's the kind of stuff that gets indexed on Google. Beyond doing those things, I suppose you you need to get into connecting with people and also having conversations in private. So yeah. the private DMs, direct messages, that's actually where all of my business has been transacted. I kind of, my, my method is have an appealing profile, create some content that gets people's interest or make a comment that gets people's interest and then actually build your relationship with people in private through one-to-one direct messages. And somewhere down the line, those people end up either turning into clients. In my case, they become members of my, my community,
0: uh-huh. or
1: they refer me to other people. Uh, and for that reason, because I get so many referrals, I always say, you know, don't discount connecting with any particular person because you don't know who they know. Uh-huh. So they might not be an ideal client, but, you know, their cousin might be. So if you can build enough of a presence that you can appeal and build trust, um, you'll get referrals. Uh, I suppose uh, one other thing that I've found has been really powerful in the last year and a half or so is being active inside uh, effective LinkedIn groups. So LinkedIn groups have got a bit of a bad reputation. But if you find one that actually suits your business goals and that is actually active and not full of spam or, or anything like that, Um, that can be a great way to build relationships and again build trust and also learn and share in a safe space because linkedin's got almost 900 million members it's a big scary place it can be but if you're in a small community of people learning together that can feel a lot more empowering that you can you know you can speak your mind and you can share and help others without fear of being judged so linkedin groups are actually a bit of a secret weapon of linkedin if you find the right one, they can be really effective.
0: Yeah, and we'll come back to that. Actually, I think I think that's that's uh, an area that people, you know, because we you do see groups that are there, and you may join them, and then you see they're huge groups, but like there's there's very little interaction on the on the content, and it, yeah. you know, it it doesn't seem to be for the size of the volume of people on it, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem to be an active group at all. Uh, that's brilliant. So so like I think you you really covered it there. You covered the. The profile, which is important, mm-hmm. and all the little tricks that the, the likes of yourself uh, informs us about, but things like even like getting your profile video up, getting your pronunciation mm-hmm. with what you do up. I've I found just on your course there was things even like where in your company sections you can put in links to mm-hmm. your, your straight to your website or to to testimonials or whatever. I didn't know that before, so there's all these extra little things that you can add on, and your about section, which I now know that. The, the value of, uh, because now I look at it more and, and to really uh, zero zero down of what you're saying there mm-hmm. so that it, it really gets across uh, what you do. Um, so there's loads of things I, and the others that you mentioned there, the, um, the commenting, uh, the connecting and the joining groups and, and the DMs, which is very interesting. Uh, we might focus on a few of these areas. Um, mm-hmm. So businesses may know what their ideal client profile is and most do uh, but how do they find and successfully connect with these individuals on LinkedIn?
1: Well I think the the kind of the long-term background activity that you should be aiming for is to be creating a shape for your content so that people who are looking for the kind of product or service you provide will find you. That's the dream, because then you don't need to go out to anyone. They come to your shop front. But that takes a while to build, truthfully. So while you're doing that as a kind of daily ongoing activity, in the early days, you can also use LinkedIn search features. And there's, there are massively powerful features for being able to narrow down a kind of hit list of the people that you most want to influence. So let's say, for example, if I was targeting Chief technical officers, all based in London, who used to work for a given company. LinkedIn search lets me filter to that level. And I can build a list of, let's say, 20 people. And I could then go into each of their profiles and look in their activity section and say, which of these are actually on LinkedIn properly? Not just, they haven't just got a fossilized account that I haven't been touching for three years, but they're actually active because those people will probably be most receptive to invitations to connect. They'll be most receptive to people commenting on their posts because as a content creator, I love it when people comment on my stuff, you know, I'm begging for it really. Um, So if you can help others by commenting on their content with, with relevant thoughts, that will really get their attention. Um, And the more you can kind of warm those people up, the better. So rather than just jumping straight in with a, an empty invitation to connect, they don't know you from Adam. Why, why would they accept? Mm. If you go and see that they're creating content, you go and follow them first, see what their vibe is. Then you start commenting on their stuff. And then maybe a week or two later, then you invite them and they'll go, well, I recognize your name. You've been commenting on all my things. Of course, mm. I'm going to say yes. And those people will be more open to having you know, future Zoom calls and maybe commenting on your stuff in in return to boost your visibility so it's a bit of a slow game really but i i would certainly start with the search narrow down based on your criteria of who you want to influence um and and then and then go for it from there all the while having that background activity of building your own content so that pe- those people ultimately find you rather than you having to go and and knock on their door
0: yeah yeah and 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 you and and uh, you summed it up very well there in the in the last line you know um the the areas to 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 use the search to narrow it down um and also what you said what uh, which makes so much sense is if it's somebody you come across and they're not really active on linkedin mm. there's no point really because um you know they're not active it's going to be very hard to engage with them mm. and ultimately their focus might be elsewhere so um So uh, definitely people who are active on LinkedIn.
1: Another Um, thing to say about that is if if you're trying to target someone who's really high up, then sometimes the the smarter thing would be to use what I call the stepping stone approach where you go and try and find out who's in their organization that they know who might be a bit junior to them and go and connect with those people first. Because then when you ultimately try to make an approach to that person, the top, person they will they can see then that you're already connected with lots of people from their company or even better one of those people who's junior to them might be willing to do an introduction for you in which case that kind of blows away everything else because because a personal introduction is rarely going to get ignored so there are all sorts of ways of getting in front of really powerful people you don't have to just leap straight into sending connections
0: yeah, absolutely. Because if you get a fan in their organization, and they and they even mention you to to their to the leader in the organization, you're you're in there anyway. Just like you you've broken down a lot of the barriers, the natural barriers that would be there. That's brilliant, uh, John. Um. Also, uh, another thing that we touched on there uh, in the past, something that I haven't done enough of is commenting. Right, mm-hmm. and. Why is it so important on LinkedIn?
1: Well, there are a few different ways of engaging on <clears throat> on LinkedIn. You can like something, you can comment, you can share. Um, and of those, the commenting does seem to be the most powerful uh, vehicle for moving a piece of content to, to, through the network so that more people see it. Oh. And specifically, a longer comment that has obviously taken you more time to create will be seen as more valuable than a short kind of great post comment. So if you can turn up with something that's well-researched, supportive, interesting, insightful, uh, and you spend 30 seconds, a minute writing that out, there's a good chance that that comment will jump to the top of the list of comments so that anyone else looking at the post We'll say, you know, who's this Paul guy talking about video and and sharing all this helpful stuff? Never heard of him, but let's click through and see what he's all about. And that's why your headline needs to be good, because all they'll see is your comment and they'll see your face and they'll see a little snippet of your headline. And if that's just enough to go, I know what that guy does. I I get it. Oh, that's interesting. I'll click through. It needs to be optimised. Um, but it's a really, really powerful thing, and loads of people who've invited me to connect have said, "I saw your comment on Bob's post and dot dot dot." So, you know, it's getting me to be more visible if I comment on more stuff. So, I try and comment as much as I can. It's it's just like free visibility.
0: Yeah, and and, and I suppose is it is it true as well? Like, you know, if you're more active and if you're commenting more, you, you're you're increasing the likelihood of your own content getting seen by more people
1: yes if you comment on other people's stuff before you post your own stuff so let's Mm -hmm. say you turn up in the morning on linkedin 8am you go and comment on five people's things those five people when you next post will be more likely to see your content so that's the order to do it in try and do your commenting first and then leave your posting for afterwards and that way you'll you'll maximize your chances of people seeing your stuff but yes the more active you are in comments the more visible you'll be on linkedin
0: yeah that's great because i think a lot of people they they get on they post they post something and then they then they go off mm-hmm. commenting just because they're naturally on the site but it's mm-hmm. actually to put the the cart before the horse in 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 this instance yeah mm-hmm. uh very good very good and um so we we talked about groups on linkedin a little bit there right mm-hmm. uh, if you could just flesh it out a bit um um could you talk us through like why why join a group what type of groups because you mentioned groups that were kind of active and how to make the most of being a member of a group as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. so there's a couple of reasons for joining groups. First of all, you could just do it for kind of strategic alignment reasons. If you join, so let's say you're an architect, if you go and join architectural groups, then that signals to LinkedIn that this is the domain that you're really interested in. So it's like an extra ticket in the lottery to say, hey, LinkedIn, I'm really interested in architecture. This is what I want to be known for. When you're in a group, you can message the other group members for free, even if you're not connected with them. So that's powerful because maybe you discover a group where your ideal customer hangs out and there's a hundred of them in that group. Just by virtue of you joining that group, you have the permission to see who they are and to message them without connecting with them or without paying for an in-mail. So that's powerful as well. Um, And of course the main reason for me is so that you can learn from like-minded people. So you might want to join, let's say, an architecture experts group where people will be talking about the latest legislation or whatever the latest methods are. So you become more knowledgeable. But all of that is dependent on finding the groups that are either not ghost towns, which is what most groups are, or complete spam fests, you know, where where the leaders of the group are just pushing their own agenda. Yeah. Uh, and because of those things, sometimes LinkedIn groups don't get a good reputation. But if you do find the right one um, and you can get yourself involved, so you you're posting and you're commenting, you're, you're doing all the things that you're doing in public. But inside yeah. the group, you might become you might become the expert in that group for your particular uh, niche.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like I I, I there's one group I'm in. Uh, the a video editors group, and and it actually is is good that there was one guy posted on it some some excellent hacks for for um, Premiere there the other day. So like the, so the learning was there, so I can yeah. see that. Yeah. Um, it's it's definitely something I have to revisit because I am yeah. in a few groups, but I I think I have to go back and and have a real look at it. Yeah. Um, that's brilliant, John. That 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 great whistle stop tour through through a bit of LinkedIn strategy there and and certain areas. Um, we come to the part now where I just ask you a few of the Marketing Hub questions that we ask all our marketers. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the first one, uh, what one marketing technique have you used in the last year or two that has been particularly effective?
1: Uh, sending short voice notes and short videos to people through direct messages has been really effective, especially the videos I've found. So so my method for that is I I will use a, a browser plugin for Chrome where I can just click a button and start recording my screen and it puts my face on camera as well. And then I'll start those videos on the other person's profile so that when I send the video to them, they get a thumbnail and they can see their own Profile, and they know it's not spam or anything because it's it's their profile. It's it's direct for them. That that gets, I would say, ninety nine point nine percent response rate because you know, people never ignore that kind of thing. Uh, and it's a great way of helping people and starting more conversations. So that's just massively effective. It's totally free to do. It does take some time, obviously. Yeah. If you are trying to grow your network quickly and you want to be sending videos to everyone, that's hard, yeah. but it's hugely hugely effective in building trust. And again, being a bit more human on LinkedIn is is really really powerful.
0: Yeah, that's it's great because I it's through through being on, in your group, I've started using the the voice note function, mm-hmm. and like it's just it's just if somebody connects with you and they want to have a chat, it's really good to come back to them with uh, thanks for so for connecting, and and actually mm-hmm. and talk about what you've been chatting about, and people come back generally with. God, it's great to hear a voice, you know. So you get you get that straight away, yeah. which is brilliant. And just could you tell us, um, you know, you're using a Chrome uh, uh, add-on there yes. to re- record you and your screen. What yeah. one are you using?
1: I'm using something called Vidyard. Yeah. Uh, the other popular player in the market is Loom, which I have yeah. used in the past. Either of those you can, you can start using for free. There are paid versions, but you can use them for free. And they're very quick. They're pretty lightweight in the browser. You don't have to know any techie stuff to make them work. You just need to give the permissions when they ask for it. And then you've got a link to share immediately. There's not even a wait for upload time. It's just so, so easy to do. Um, yeah. And if you want to record them without having your face, you, you don't need to, so you can just record the screen and it doesn't matter what you look like then. Um, yeah. um, and it's just, just video is so powerful. I'm preaching to the converted here, I know, but- um,
0: Absolutely, but but like as well, it's brilliant to use things like that, that just shorten the time, you know? Mm-hmm. So you're not dra- having to drag it into an editor or, you know, to oh, do, yeah. do all these things. You can just do it, get a link to it, you can share the link, brilliant. Yeah. That's fantastic. Great. That's fantastic, really good. That's a great answer. Um, John, uh, the next question. So with your unique viewpoint and knowledge of LinkedIn, how is the type of content posted uh, changing at the moment Mm. and what trends might we see in the next year, do you think?
1: I think LinkedIn is doing a big land grab for people who are coming away from platforms like Instagram and TikTok and now Recently, Twitter. And that means there's probably a younger demographic coming on, people who are more apt to see visual content or very, very short videos. So, right now, for example, videos that are only about 30 seconds are performing pretty well on LinkedIn. Um, LinkedIn's latest content format is called Carousels, which is a combination of images and videos that are kind of composited into a single video automatically. I don't have that feature yet, but you can see that that's the kind of content format that will appeal to the more visual generation of people. So think more visually, I would say, and maybe less about text, more about visuals, and keep it as short as you can because I I don't really buy into the whole attention span thing myself. I, I do think attention is there if the content is good enough. Yeah. But people are expecting something shorter and tighter. So the shorter your videos, the better.
0: Yeah. And I suppose platform-wise as well, like if we go to YouTube, we're, we're, we're down for a longer longer piece of content. Absolutely. Uh, if we go to TikTok, you know, we're, we're depending. We're looking for short, shorter content. So even it becomes platform-specific in, in certain ways and what people think they're, they're going to get. Um, and, I, like, I have always thought that if you can say, like, if – if it's amazing content, people will stick with you because they're mm-hmm. learning and they're getting value, they're getting entertained. But if uh, if you can give them a really good thought and send them on their way in 30 seconds, please do that.
1: Yes, yeah, because... and that's the reason why I haven't really invested in LinkedIn Live video, because t- that tends to perform better when you're running at 15 minutes or longer. Mm-hmm. Well, honestly, yeah. I'd rather do it in 30 seconds and give you the tip that I was there to give you rather than just pad it out, you know? Yeah. So, for some people, it, that works perfectly. For me, I'm all about being relentlessly helpful. That means respecting your time as well. So in and out as quickly as I can, and that's good.
0: Yeah, nice one, nice one. And uh, the last question, Uh, what one piece of business advice that you got in the past that has stuck with you and you still follow or try to follow today?
1: I I think the whole thing about being known for one thing was massively important. You know, I was trying to offer a few different things in the past, and I didn't really have a clear brand identity. Yeah. The, the more you boil it down, the easier you are to remember. And the easier you are to remember, the more likely you are for someone to say, I know a guy who does that, yeah. because they yeah. don't have to keep too many things juggling in their brain to think, what does what does Paul do again? Yeah, yeah. They just know straight away, oh, he's that video guy. Boom. Yeah. So, yeah. so just be just focus on the one thing and keep reinforcing that as many times as you can. That's that's the path to success.
0: Yeah, I, I've heard that so many times and I keep on thinking about it myself as well. Am I might spread out too much of what I'm trying to put out there? Um, and yeah, it's it's a constant, it's a constant thing that's running around my head as well. Yeah, uh, that's that's a really good piece of advice. What,
1: what um, I say to people is even if you can do lots of things. If you, if you focus publicly on one thing, once you've got your foot in the door and someone trusts you, you can kind of go, well, I can do this, that and the other as well, by the way. But you're yeah. already in the conversation then and it's fine. Yeah. They'll, they'll they'll probably believe you and trust you and, and it's all good. But if you yeah. try and give them too many options at the first time of meeting them, there's a saying, the confused mind doesn't buy. So, yes. so just narrow down to one thing and that, that's your route.
0: That's very good. That's very good, John. Okay. So, and on that note, we're about to finish up. And just before we go, uh, could you tell us how listeners can follow and connect with you?
1: Yeah. If you come to, if you just search for Aspirin, you'll find me on the web and on LinkedIn. Uh, that will give you more information about my Espresso Plus community as well. I'm happy to have a chat. If you want to invite me to connect, please say that you found me through this podcast interview. Uh, and use the secret word that is lurking in my about statement.
0: Okay, well, yes. So look in the about statement, statement people. John, thanks a million for coming on. That was so informative. Thanks, thanks a million.
1: Absolute pleasure. Thanks a lot, Paul. Cheers.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of The Marketing Hub. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please give us a five-star review and or like and share and let other people know about it. Thanks again.